Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 504, and we've got a great special guest. He's been on the show before. It was a blast, so we thought we would ask him back. And that's Josh Pollock, and he was formerly of Condoranda Forms, but I'm going to let him introduce himself quickly. So, Josh, can you introduce yourself quickly to the listeners and viewers? Hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Josh Pollock. Uh, I work at a company called Saturday Drive. We make a Ninja Forms, Caldera Forms, SendWP, um, and some other cool WordPress stuff. Uh, before that, I worked on Caldera Forms at a company called Caldera WP. I was a co-owner there, and so we were acquired by the company that had grown out of Ninja Forms about a year ago. Um, so now it's just one big thing. Um, and I work on the team that builds those three plugins, uh, Ninja Forms, Caldera Forms, and SendWP. Right, that sounds great. Um, before we go into the main part of the interview, I'd like to mention our sponsors because without their help, we couldn't continue um, giving you the shows. And that let's start off with Kinsta. Kinsta is a, a WordPress hosting company. They've been our major sponsor for over two years now. We've been using Kinsta to host the WP Tonic website for over three years. They're a fantastic host. They only specialise in w, in WordPress. Um, if you're looking for yourself or for clients, a really great professional hosting company that can help you with WooCommerce, uh, membership website, anything that needs a bit of extra oomph, I would suggest you go over to Kinsta and you could choose a lot worse. What you get with Kinsta, you get a Google Cloud. They host all their sites using Google Cloud. You get a superb custom interface. And the main thing is you get some of the best support on the market. Um, you get support staff that really understand WordPress. I've never had uh, an inquiry escalated um the person that first answered it dealt with it and if you're using some other hosting companies which i won't mention that's unusual so if that sounds good for yourself or for your clients go over to kinster maybe buy one of their packages and all, the main thing is tell them that you heard about them on the wp tonic show our other sponsor is wp fusion which is a fantastic company. If you've got um, a CRM like Active Campaign, Drip, there's a lot of them on the market at the present moment, and you will really want to integrate your WordPress website with one of these CRMs, you need WP Fusion. Um, it's a fantastic company, like, like Kinsta, fantastic support, and it's just an amazing product. So if you're looking for real integration with WordPress and your CRM of choice, go over to WP Fusion, have a look what you got, they got to offer. You're going to be blown away. Right, let's go into the main part of the show, Josh. So what led to the decision to sell Condara, you know, um, to Ninja Forms? You know, what was, did they just make you offer or did you come to a stage where, you felt that you just couldn't push the company any further? Yeah. So, I mean, we, um, being a small company with like, you know, a product and 
uh, no outside funding isn't easy. Uh, we did it for a while, right? I was a co-owner with uh, Christy Torinos, um, and she had a great opportunity at a time where, uh, you know, to go and work at Liquid Web uh, with Chris Lama on the managed WooCommerce, the Zound Nexus uh, managed WooCommerce they're doing there. Um, and that was like this great opportunity. It was like, yeah, you should do that. It pays better than this. It's, you know, earn more, like work with Chris. That's great. And then it's like, okay, but what about me? What about Pugin, right? And so, because there's a lot of people using it. Um, and I feel like a lot of them felt like it was a part-time thing because it was, right? I was doing other things to make money and things like that. Um, so we wanted to um, make sure the plugin was solid, make sure the team was getting taken care of. Um, and like I could have run the company myself, but that sounded really boring. Like being a business owner is really hard and it's an interesting challenge. But at the end of the day, like I like writing code. Um, so it was really about like, okay, here's where we are. There's a couple of paths and, um, I want to write code. I want to see this thing finished. I want to work on new things beyond just this, right? Cause we had been working for a long time on trying to come out with a second product under the Caldera name or pivot to other things. Cause form builder is an okay business where we're late. We were you know, have a lot of more free features than we needed. Um, and it's just kind of hard to do as a small team uh, to do the kind of things that we wanted to do. So this was a cool opportunity to go work with who I always referred to as my favorite competitors. You know, I like seeing these folks around at WordCamps and mm. talking to James and Kevin about stuff there, or on, you know, DMs and stuff. They were always really helpful to me uh, for years. Um, so this was just a neat opportunity. Kevin reached out, you know, one of the founders reached out to me. Um, I went to visit them in Tennessee. And yeah, I mean, it was just the right thing to do when um, things didn't feel very sustainable and weren't a good fit for me, right? Like I was kind of in this position of, well, I could do it. I could run the company and that doesn't sound fun. So um, yeah, this was just a different opportunity. Um, that's been real interesting for me. Oh, I totally understand. You know, I think you explained um, the core reasons really quite clearly there, and I, I can totally empathise. Um, so, what you know, I think it's been over a year since since the takeover. Time goes quick, doesn't it? Um, what are some of them? You know, why do you think they were interested in buying? Condera, you know, what What did they get from the deal? Well, I mean, it's a product. It makes money, right? That's good, right? Businesses need to make money um, because then they do things like pay people. And I like that part, right? Um, this is my first job since, like, I don't like, full-time job since no comic, right? Um, probably the longest one I've ever had. Um, yes, uh, like not working for myself. This is definitely these 10 months, the longest job I've ever had. And so that's a neat thing for me. I think um, the company is growing, right? Diversifying beyond NinjaForms. NinjaForms is very successful. It makes money uh, to pay for people and things like that. Um, moving NinjaForms forward in a lot of ways is something in terms of uh, new features, stability, working with, you know, blocks and things like that. That stuff I've been working on is really, you know, I really enjoy setting up testing and automation and that kind of qual automated quality control, um, which any software project can benefit from. 
And I'm really interested in a lot of the Gutenberg stuff, you know, the block editor things that the plugin like Ninja Forms needs. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're, you know, the Saturday Drive, the company that built Ninja Forms is going in this year from being a small, relatively small, but growing um, all in one city team to a distributed team where about oh. half the company is in one city and half's around the world. So before, a bit before I got there, everybody was in Cleveland, Tennessee, in an office. Uh, there's now uh, a co-working space, which has been shut down because of COVID, but in Cleveland, Tennessee, next to the coffee shop, but there's no office. And I think we're at the point where about half of the employees are remote. Um, and that was my reality before all of this. Yeah. But that this is all brand new to most of the people at the company and the leadership. So bringing in people from, you know, the people came from Caldera, were from all over the world. I was the only person in the U.S. Um, that was still, that came over. So um, it's been a neat opportunity to look at the difference between an in-person team and a, you know, in-office team and a remote distributed team and, you know, help that culture change. Um, oh, that's really interesting. What what have been some of the main lessons you've learned from that process? Um, this is something that I think uh, James, the founder, CEO, said very early, is implicit versus explicit knowledge. That in an um, office, there can be a lot of implicit knowledge because somebody can say, hey, how do we do this? And somebody else can answer. And you kind of trust that somebody around is going to know the answer. Or who do you go to? And that's fairly quick when you're all in the same building. You say, hey, who has the answer to this? And if they tell you to walk down the hall, they tell you to walk down the hall. But it's still quick. It's still immediate. Um, And in a remote distributed business, right, I pretty much always developed Caldera Forms with somebody who's in Western Europe or South Africa. Um, So I'm really used to, and I'm East Coast US, so I'm really used to working with people who might do most of their work while I'm not at work. So if I don't make it really explicit what I want, they can't do their job. If I don't make the procedures, the things that they need to do it the right way to do the, you know, to have access, right? If the Stripe API keys aren't handy, if they have to DM me and ask for Stripe API keys and it's four in the morning where I live, I'm not responding. They're just going to have to wait till 10 a.m. So that kind of stuff, that's explicit knowledge that I think any distributed remote business needs to have um, because it allows people to work independently. Uh, and that's really what the key to remote work is, is knowing that people can work independently the right way. I think that I think you pointed out something because my team um, that helps me WP Fusion, it's, it's a, it's a, it's all distributed, but it's a blended. I have two people based in the US that help me, and I have about three to four people that are outside the US. So we're a blended company. And I use that term that we've got some US people and we've got some offshore, but it's all distributed. But I, I think what you've just explained, you've you've done a fantastic job there, actually, because that's that is the crux of the dis- the difference. If you ever worked in an office environment and then worked 
as a distributed group, that's the main difference, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as the Stripe API keys. We were, one of the first things we were working on when we started, when we, after the transition, was Stripe updates for Ninja forms and Caldera forms because of whatever the regulation in EU that was changing, and they changed their APIs to support it, and we needed to change our products in our integrations. And I didn't have Stripe API keys. And I brought this up and it was a whole new thing. And it turned out previously in the office, it was just, I don't know, somebody had them. You know, everybody kind of had one and wherever they were, they were running down somewhere. And I was, of course, working with somebody in France <laughs> and he was gone and I couldn't ask him for them, you know, because it was that way past that reasonable hour of the day. And I was in the middle of my work day. So and that's just, I think for people going remote, going, that's probably the reason people spend so much time on these interminable Zoom calls is because they don't have anything written down. They're papering over. Well, I think also technology plays a key part. You know, a lot of people, you know, my company, our, our main technology that we use is teamwork to communicate internally with. And mm-hmm. we've been with that for about four years, that platform. Um, and I looked at a number of different platforms and that's the one that I gelled with initially. We might be moving away from teamwork in the next couple of weeks to a competitor, which is a massive task. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are using Slack. You know, what's the, techno- what's the technology that you use inside your company to communicate with one another? Uh, Basecamp which I'm super happy about. Um, I don't have any Slack in my life and I can't be happier with that. I think Slack is the worst tool for productivity. I think that any business going remote that wants to go poorly should use Slack because it'll just distract everybody and it's a bad way to communicate about work. Um, I think that chat and text, I love chat and text. I use Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, all that to talk with my friends and group texts. Like, I'm way better on writing than speaking. Um, I love it. But for business, I think the only problem with Basecamp is it has a chat function. The good thing about Basecamp chat function is it's not very good and you can turn it off for the most part besides the DMs. But if they could get rid of that, it would be an almost perfect piece of software. Um, It's really focused on... Pro, you know, isolating projects, you can add people and, and remove people. Um, everything's searchable very well. Um, it loads real fast. Um, the mobile app is great. And um, it, it makes sense that the company Basecamp would put out a project management software that feels hum- humane, right? Like most project management systems are designed around putting humans into units of work. Right, it's that whole human resources thing. Like you have eight hours of human, and you should be able to do these tasks and this, so that you can measure how many tasks per human unit. Um, and I really like that Basecamp seems to be built around uh, talk, communicating in a productive way. Um, and- no, just, we have to discuss that. Um, keep that in mind. What you just said. Um, because that, that's an interesting statement you just made. But we're going to go for our break, Josh. But sure. we'll, 
We'll be back in a few moments with Josh um, Pollock. We've had a fascinating conversation already. Josh is a really interesting guy. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've got Josh Pollock, well-known in the WordPress community. Um, We've had already, I think, interesting. So you made that point before our break um, about it's humane and it's about communication. Can you expand a little bit what you meant with that last statement? Well, I think that, right, so we also use Basecamp Shape Up uh, project management system. So they have a piece of software called Basecamp. They also have a book called uh, Shape Up, which explains how they do project work. And we're using some the, the form of it. Um, and I think anybody should read this book. It's online, it's free, it's short. I really recommend it. Um, All right. But it sets up, you know, for time-based work in a way that makes sense. And I think that, um, I think my major gripe with the software, making software at scale is generally that we tend to reduce uh, work to tasks that get done. And then we can kind of measure them based on if they get done or not and how many hours they take and points and things like that. And this really doesn't make sense to how humans do creative work. So I like that uh, Basecamp does things like draw progress on a hill, right? Because that's kind of how humans do work. Like we struggle to figure it out and then it comes together and we come down the other side. So it's a really neat way to track progress visually. Um, and it just avoids like Asana has this really want, like endless to do us type stuff which I used to believe in very much. I was like, oh, if I can get timelines for everything and then I'll have a calendar view and then, oh, look. And it's all just magic, right? It's magical thinking. Um, and I just have found that uh, of all the project management systems, um, and like, I don't know, we should promote a product that I work on and not pay for. But, you know, I just really think that getting away from Slack, uh, getting away from real-time that it only sort of yelling type communication to Slack um, has really, uh, really made my life better. I don't miss it. So, so looking, I suppose you've never, you, but you've never, have you worked in kind of office environments yourself then? Or have you always been a semi or full remote? Yeah. I mean, I, before, in the last kind of year of Caldera, we had an office uh, that we I would occasionally go to. You know, I had a co-working space, and, you know, at one point there was three of us there out of seven. Um, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, I used to work in the music industry, so that was more in-person, but not offices. I don't really, I can't imagine going to work in an office. That sounds boring. 
So I can't really ask you, you know, to compare working in an office and working as remote because you've always been pretty remote, haven't you? Um, so we won't delve there because you, you can't compare. So let's, let's move the conversation on to a different area there. But I think what we've discussed around, you know, the software and remote teams has been quite fascinating, actually. I, I was surprised we went down that road, actually. But I think with your help, um, we've come up with some great stuff there. Thank you for that. Um, and let's, let's talk about Word, you know, WordPress and UX design because it's been – I was interested because you've been – because you were also involved – I, I might be totally wrong here, but weren't you involved in pods quite a bit as well? Yeah, I mean, that was my first WordPress job. Um, I worked there starting in support and eventually it was like – community manager slash junior developer. Um, I built, you know, I fixed, started fixing bugs there. It's kind of where I learned to write code for the most part. Like I, I'm one of those people who, you know, searched how to do whatever with WordPress and the answer was paste some code into functions.php and hope for the best. We've all been there. I, yeah, I'm, so. not, I'm not active coder now. I manage my business. I chose... Uh, that's why I could relate to what you said about your decision to, you know, right. to sell your company. Because I had to make, and I wasn't a fantastic coder. Uh, um, I was probably better than I thought, but I'm quite critical of my own work. Uh, um, I find it much easier to manage other people uh, than myself, uh, um, to be truthful about it. Um, so let's go on to a subject that um, I've been thinking a lot about. Um, and I'd like to get some f- your thoughts about it. And that's UX design. And it, I think in some ways, you know, we've got Gutenberg and that seems to be growing. Um, I'm not going to ask you to remark about my own views because through my roundtable show, I, I've been reasonably critical of the whole process, but that's watered down the, down the river, really. So I don't want to drench all that back up. But um, when it, I think in a lot of ways, WordPress is facing a kind of UX challenge now. It, it's, it feels a bit clunky in, in a lot of ways when it comes to UX design. Would you, so what, would, first of all, would you agree with that? And where do you think it needs to go to rectify that? Oh, I mean, I haven't really used it in a while. Um, <laughs> Like, I kind of lost interest in WordPress a long time ago, and... Uh, it's a fascinating statement, actually. Well, I don't use it, right? Like, yeah, I use it to so test plugins, right? Yeah, I suppose that's true, yeah. So that's, and like, I occasionally... Right, like, I don't manage any of our WordPress sites, but I'll, like, upload the new version of a plugin or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of my experience of WordPress. I think that um, the... And I've always had this very, because it's been, I did a little bit of site development back in the day, but it was always like, hey, we need WooCommerce to do this thing it doesn't do, or we need, um, you know, some custom API work or integrate with some other service. So, and I think that Caldera forms, and um, for me, I know it was intentional choice, and I believe in Ninja forms to be a very different UX because the older UX pattern just really didn't work very well for anything application. And Mm. I think that um, 
in the uh, it, I I really like Gutenberg, right? Like, because I think the problem with WordPress previously was that the WordPress post editors let you do anything in it. Like, you could just like make text red for no reason. And this is more of an object-oriented, structured way of making content, um, which is more manageable, makes more sense. It's um, closer to what you see is what you get. I know like a year and a half ago, I did like, I'm going to write a bunch of stuff and, you know, however many posts in Gutenberg to get a better opinion. And I really like it. I'm just the kind of nerd who would rather write in Markdown, to be honest. (laughs) Um, but I think that, you know, in one of the sort of side projects I'm working on, I'm working on looking at ways of using some of the blocks, you know, for the more complicated stuff instead of building my own thing, you know, for like the galleries and the lists and the YouTube embeds, that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. I just don't know enough about what people do with the WordPress editor to have an opinion on if it's helpful or hurtful or if it's uh, a step in the right direction or not. I think that having the system that's um, well done, right? I think on a code level, it's very well done. Um, It's a lot more extensible than the old system and um, it's built with with the idea that things can change in mind, right? There's a lot of things in WordPress that are really hard to change where people are like, that's not great, but there's not a lot we can do about it. And I think that the WordPress editor was a big jump to like make it possible. I I agree with you. I actually agree with you that, you know, obviously something needed to be done with the editor experience and i i feel gutenberg you know it seems to be coming on i don't use it that that much because i decided early stage to use Alimator as my page editor kind of um page builder um and our company um decided to go down that road um but I think Gutenberg seems to be coming on. I was talking more about, you know, kind of like stuff ends up in these settings, stuff can end up in appearance, stuff can end up in tools, stuff stuff can end up anywhere, got it, you know, and it's fine if you... If you know, you know, if you know what a post is and the difference between a post and a page and... And you know that stuff can end up, you know, in four or five different places, can't it? Uh, um, but if you don't, it's a, it's a, it's a bit, it's a little bit of a hot mess, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, I live in a pretty old house, and I make these jokes about when when they were laying down the boards on, on like for the floor, like this hardwood floor that's a mess. Uh, there must have been one guy who was a young guy who was like hundred years ago thinking like what if we measured all the boards first and like figured out the optimal layout so that way would it have a board that's this long next to a board that's this long and a board that's this color versus and then everybody's like shut up just put them in the right way that's how we've always done it right and now you go into houses and they have these perfect manufactured floors that look perfect and it's kind of a timeless way of building that you just kind of build organically and you add on as you go, right? And I'm using the timeless way of 
the building is a a Christopher Alexander book on architecture, organic architecture. And it's just kind of how things have been built. And I think the nature of open source is you make things possible, right? And the tension there, and so, and then nerds like me come along and go, yeah, I'm going to put it there. And then some other nerd goes, oh, I'm going to put it over there, right? Because we can't, and we all have opinions. And I think that um, that's really beautiful in a lot of ways, and it's very organic, and it's the way that things have always been done. Uh, That said, like people are really happy with slick, consistent, easy-to-use platforms that are closed that don't have this weirdness to them, right? And I think at the end of the day, that's what you're choosing on. You're choosing the difference between I can do a set number of things that are determined by someone and everything should work and everything should be integrated and everything should be all in one, or I'm going to choose to assemble my own thing from other people's pieces, you know, the WordPress solution. And it's going to be a bit of a mess. And I think that that's a trade-off. And I'm excited by a lot of, you know, companies are now, hosting companies, some of them, you know, most of them are just offering the WordPress. But when they get into, you know, e-commerce hosting, or I think Elementor has their own hosting now, where, not Elementor, Divi, sorry, maybe both. Um, But where it's optimized for that thing, right? And everything's put together the right way. And I think the WordPress ecosystem and, you know, the Gutenberg of everything is an opportunity to do this. Consumers need something consistent. I don't know how to get there on a platform level, but Gutenberg might be the way for everybody to say, okay, we're going to build it out of the same pieces. We're going to put it in the same places and we're going to make it easier because we're all using the standard APIs for hosts to move things around, for plugins to move things around. So I hope it'll be less fragmented as a result. I don't know. No, I think that was really fascinating the way you just put that again. Um, you, uh, um, you're making me think, which um, thanks thanks for that. We're coming to the end of the podcast show. Um, hopefully Josh can stay on for another 10, 15 minutes. Um, and there's some other questions which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website and also the YouTube channel, the whole interview. We call this extra material our bonus content. So, Josh, um, like I say, we're wrapping up the the podcast part of the show. What's the best way to find out more about yourself and your thoughts and what you're up to? Okay, so again, I'm Josh Pollock. You can find me at joshpress.net or josh412 on Twitter. Uh, And then... Uh, Ninja Forms is ninjaforms.com. Caldera Forms is calderaforms.com. And they're both free on WordPress.org. Uh, so if you go into your WordPress and the plugin screen and type Ninja Forms, uh, you'll get Ninja Forms. You can try it out um, and then learn about some of our cool add ons. That's great. And um, like I say, um, beloved audience, um, on the 7th of July, that's Tuesday, the 7th of July at 9 a.m., me and Spencer Forum 
uh, are having another free webinar where we're going to be showing you how to build modern shopping cart um, um, flows, basically, using Spencer's own product and WooCommerce, um, how you can build... Um, actual shopping cart experiences that um, that are better than Shopify, and really delight your clientele with the, with the experience, either your customers or your or your clients that are asking you to build a modern shopping cart environment. We're also going to be touching how to combine that with Lifter LMS and some other leading WordPress. Um, plugins so it's going to be a blast like i say that's going to be on tuesday the 7th july um tuesday the 7th at 9 a.m pacific standard time how you register is really easy you go to the wp tonic website and right in the top navigation there's a button saying free webinar you just click it and you can freely register for this webinar and you'll be able to learn a lot from myself and from Spencer Forum. We'll be back next week with another great guest like Josh. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.